we've been in the book in the Bible called John, written by a close friend of Jesus, and we've been looking at this book asking, who is Jesus? And uh, this is our 17th week looking at this as we just kind of go through the book. And, and tonight, what we're, kinda, what we're talking about tonight is, what is the, the end game that Jesus has for uh, our world, really? What, what's the end game? What, what is it that he's after? And, and you can think about that for the world, but even for our church and just for us as individuals. Is what, what's, what, is it that he's, what is it that he's after? And John 17, what, what we're looking at tonight is a prayer. And it's the, the whole chapter is Jesus praying. And he prays about kind of really in some ways the sum of what the whole book is about and, and what he wants, what his end game is. And before we look at this, I just, what would you think if Jesus were to come in here and put his hand on your shoulder and say, I'd like to pray for you. What would he pray? What would be the things that, that you think Jesus would pray for you about? Or if Jesus said, hey, Caleb, sit down. Uh, we've heard enough and I'd like to pray for the church. What would Jesus pray? What would he pray? What, what is Jesus after? What's the end game that he's kind of shooting for, that he's been teaching his disciples about, that he's been having them walk with him through all throughout this story, all throughout this book? What, what is the end game that Jesus is after, and how is it that we, how is it that we get what he's after? So if you want to open up John 17, we're going to read the whole chapter, and then I'll go through it kind of piece by piece, okay? So John 17, if you don't have a Bible, you can have the one in front of you. You can take that home if you want. And here we go, John 17. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you, for I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them. And have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I'm coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. He's talking about Judas there. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. 
I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you love me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. So here's what we're looking at. What is Jesus' plan for us? What is it that he's after? His plan for us, his plan for the world, what is it that Jesus is after? What's he trying to do? What's he trying to accomplish? And how is it that we get that? And there's two big words that stand out. And, you know, I just, I wanted to use the whiteboard today. I don't know why, but look, we got a whiteboard. You know, we're kind of reversing technology. So next week is a chalkboard, but we're going with a whiteboard tonight. And I'm going to draw some pictures and don't judge me about my, my penmanship or my picture drawing skills. You can judge me if you want, but if I can help you feel good about yourselves, that's what I'm here for. So um, <laughs> if it makes you feel good to judge me, then, you know, okay, anyway. So um, what's the end game for the world? And there's really two big words that, that stand out. And Jesus talks about joy and he talks about glory. These are kind of the two big things that he says. And he talks about joy for us. He says that he's, he, as he's praying this to the Father, as he's praying this, he says, I'm saying these things. I'm praying these things because I want the joy that I have to be fulfilled in them. And that's something I just always want. If you've been coming for a while, you know, if you come to the Pastor's Happy Hour, we'll talk about that even more tonight, that this is something I always want to point out that the Bible talks about is that the big thing that God is after in your life, in my life, is he wants joy for us. He wants joy for us. And so Jesus is praying here that what he wants, the reason he's praying these things, he says, is I want my joy fulfilled in them. But then the second word that he uses is glory. And he talks about God, he, he's praying to the Father and says, glorify me. And he says, I'll be glorified in you and you'll be glorified in me and in them I'll be glorified. And, and what does that all mean? Because sometimes when we hear the word glory, it's that it sounds like if I was to say, hey, you know what I want? I want you to glorify me. You would go, you're a psycho, right? <laughs> but Jesus, is, it's different because for Jesus, what he is saying is, I want people to see me for who I am. I want people to see me for who I am. And if we think about it, God, even, and I don't know, you know what everyone in here believes, but whatever your conception is of God, most people think God is perfect, right? So he's perfect in joy and perfect in beauty and perfect in truth and perfect in, in all, all the different attributes that we could think of. And so he actually is glorious. I am not, right? So if I say, I want you to glorify me, you go, well, who do you think you are? But for God, he actually, if you say, who do you think you are? Well, I'm actually perfect. And, but what God is after is not just to show off, but what God wants is for us to see him clearly for who he is. That's what it means when he says that he wants to be glorified. He wants us to see him clearly, 
The same way that if I said, I want to show you the glory of the mountains, let's drive west, let's sit in traffic for seven hours, and let's look at the glory of the mountains, right? And they are glorious. And so it wouldn't be bad for if the mountain could talk to say, glorify me. It wouldn't be bad because the mountain is glorious. And God is saying, I want you to see my glory. I want you to see me for who I am. So all of this that Jesus is praying, and Jesus says, okay, what's, what's Jesus' end game for the world? What's his end game for our church? What's his end game for our city? What is it that he's after? It's that he wants our joy and he wants to be seen for who he is. He wants glory because we actually get joy when we see his glory. Okay, but what's the plan for that to happen? If Jesus, if the end game that he's after is joy and glory, what, what's the end game for that to happen? What's his plan for us? What is it that he's praying for us that would happen so that there is joy and glory? Now here's the, let's back up for a second. Here's the current reality that Jesus acknowledges as he prays. What Jesus says is that his disciples are in the world. Okay, Jesus says that his disciples are in the world. In the world, he's not just saying uh, on this earth, this uh, globe. That's not what he's saying. When Jesus talks about that uh, his disciples are in the world, what he's saying is this, that the current reality is difficult. The current reality is hard. So this is the world, and the world is, is people. This is a disciple. Okay, he's going to be red. The disciples will be red. So if you're on the red team, if you're wearing red, you got a red jersey on, good job. we got the disciples. Okay, so the, here's what Jesus says. The world is the, the system. It's the place where there's actually competing joys and competing glories. The world is the place where people don't see Jesus clearly. They don't know who he is. He, he says in his prayer, the world hates them because they're not a part of it. The world hates him, them because they don't know him. And, and we're looking at 17, but in 16 and 15 and 14, he's, he's kind of prepared them for this, saying, I'm going to send you out into the world. And people, man, if people didn't like me, they're not going to like you because they don't see him. They don't see his glory. And this happened for Jesus when he was on earth, right? When Jesus was on earth, the religious leaders who thought they had everything all together and they thought they knew everything, they see Jesus and they go, no, we don't, we don't like you. We don't, we don't see anything glorious about you. And Jesus says the world is this place where they, people don't see his glory. They don't see him for who he is. And you think about this today, right? Isn't this true? I mean, that there's many people that go, okay, may, Jesus maybe is okay, but do I see his glory? Jesus says that's not the world. And there's competing joys. And all throughout the book of John, there's, Jesus has talked about this. He's talked about it with different metaphors of, hey, you're, you're going and drinking water over here, he tells the woman at the well. For those of you that, I know some of you haven't obviously been here the whole time, but, but he talks about people that are eating bread, and he says, but there's better bread. And what he's saying is, man, there's all these different things in life that we go after. This will bring me joy. This will bring me fulfillment. This will bring me happiness, career, relationships, success, whatever it might be. And Jesus says, man, there's all of these different competing joys. But Jesus says, you know what I want for you? I want your joy, and I want glory. I want you to see me for who I am. But in the world, the world is a place where there's different joys, and they don't see Jesus' glory. But here's the hard reality. Jesus says, you're going to be in this world. 
You're going to be in this world. You're going to be in this world where there's different joys and there's different glories. So what do we do? How, how does his plan for joy and glory happen if we're, in a, if we're in a reality that is, no, there's different joys and there's different glories. And some of us find that tension really difficult. So what do we do? Well, some people, what they do is they say, you know what, I just, I just can't do it. And they withdraw from the world. Say, I just can't do it. I got to get out of here. And this is where Christians develop kind of their own subcultures and their own, uh, and I'm not saying all this is bad, but they develop their own music and they develop their own movies and they develop their own t-shirts and they develop their own slogans and they develop, they develop their own neighborhoods and they live in their own place. And they say, man, I can't be in this world with competing joys and competing glories. I can't be a part of that. It's, it's too messy, it's too gross, it's too, and to be around people that think differently than me and are different than me, and I, I just can't be in that. And so a lot of Christians kind of have a posture, whether physically, literally, or just in a, in a way of life, separate and say, I, I can't be, I can't do it. I can't hang out with these people, I can't be around these kind of thoughts, I can't, I can't do it. That's one way that sometimes people deal with it. Another way sometimes people deal with it is they say, you know what, if I'm so different and I'm just kind of sticking out as a sore thumb, if, if you can't beat them, join them and just start to become more and more and more like the world that we're in, start to pursue these joys and start to maybe not see Jesus as clearly a lot of times as Christians, maybe you feel this, one of the, maybe one of your highest commitments or pursuits is I don't want to be weird, right? Because the world is, it's different. It's different. There's different values and there's different joys and there's different, I mean, it's weird to go to church on a Sunday. It's weird to, it's weird to sing songs. I mean, that's really weird, right? I mean, it's weird to sing songs. Even we think that's weird if you're a Christian. You're like, why am I, what am I doing? I mean, it's, it, there's all sorts of things. It's, it, it's, it can be that pressure can go, man, I'm either out of here or I'm just going to become like this. But then we don't get joy, according to what Jesus is saying, and we don't see him for who he is. So, so what do we do? What is it that Jesus, what is Jesus' plan for us? What is Jesus' plan in the middle of a world if he doesn't want us to pull out and he doesn't want us to become like it? What is Jesus' plan for us in the middle of this world? world so that we experience the joy he wants for us and that we see him clearly for who he is. What's the plan? So there's three things that Jesus prays for. The first one is this, and Jesus prays that we would be kept in his name. Jesus prays that we would be kept in his name, and he says all sorts of different things kind of about this, but the first thing that first part of Jesus' plan of how do we do this, the first thing is this. Jesus says, you know what? Here, here's what? Here's what I want for you. Here's, here's my plan for, for you to be able to experience joy and glory, even, even though you're in the middle of this world. It's that, it's that you would not leave the world and not become a part of it, but that you would be guarded and kept in it, in me. So here, here's what this means. When Jesus, and Jesus says, to, as he's praying, he says, Father, you have guarded them. You've kept them 
in my name. Continue to keep them in my name. I've shown my name to them. Now keep them in my name. And he kind of uses this language all throughout the prayer in different ways. But here, here's, what, here's what Jesus' plan for us is, to be in the middle of this world. He says, I want you to be in it. I don't want you to leave it. I want you to be right in the middle of it. Look, this is good news because you know what Jesus does to those that are different? You know what Jesus does to those that are difficult? You know what Jesus does to the bad neighborhood, to the bad person, to the different person, to the different neighborhood? He moves towards it. Now, that's good news because if you feel like, man, I'm not, I'm not the kind of person, you know, I, even if you've ever experienced Christians kind of going, hey, I'm over here because you're over here. That's not how Jesus is. Jesus moves towards the different, the broken, the hurting, the sinful, the outcast, those with different beliefs and different values and different systems. Jesus actually moves towards. So what Jesus wants is for us to be in the world. He wants us to be in the middle of it, but with a different identity. And Jesus says he prays, I pray that my disciples would be in the world. They're in the world. I don't pray that you take them out of it, he says. You know, you know what's kind of crazy? Jesus goes, the world, God, the world is going to hate them. And you'd go, man, what if you knew you were going to walk into a room where everyone hated you? Jesus goes, the world's going to hate them, but I don't pray that you take them out of it. What? No, I pray you keep them in it. I pray you keep them in it. That they'd be in the world but that you would guard them, that you would protect them, that in the middle of the world, you would keep them in my name. So here's what Jesus is saying. I want you to be in it, but I don't want you to be of it. I want you to have a different identity in the middle of this world. And the way that that identity happens is not just by trying to have a different identity, it's by being kept in his name, which means this, because that's a weird, we don't really use that phrasing. But what it means is it's, you're kept in who he is. It means who Jesus is is front and center in your mind. It means that who Jesus is is front and center in your heart. That the only way to be in a world where there's different joys and there's different glories is, is to have who Jesus really is front and center in your heart and your mind. That's why Jesus says, I've given them your word. And he's not just talking about the Bible because they didn't have the Bible at that point. He's talking about the words that he spoke to them. Saying, I give them your word and your word cleans them. It sanctifies them. It sets them apart. And your word is truth. And he's talking about everything that he's told them about who he is. And he's told them that he's the bread of life. And he told, he's told them that he's the one that brings the better wine. And he's told them that he's the light of the world. And he's told them that he's the Messiah. And he's told them all these things. And so to be kept in his name, is to have who Jesus is real to you and clear to you. It's to have the words that he's spoken of who he is fresh so that that's actually what shapes your identity. So that that's actually who you are in the middle of a different world. See, here, here's how this actually plays itself out. When there's different joys over here of the American dream, Work your job, get a nice house, build your fam two and a half kids or whatever the statistics are now. It's maybe less than that, one and a half kids. And, and that is starting to be what shapes your identity. Man, this is the ultimate thing. And Jesus actually says, you know what the ultimate thing is? It's, it's giving up your life 
It's losing your life to follow me. And you go, that's really hard. Yeah, because it's a different value. And so we have to see Jesus clearly for who he is, to be different, to be kept. We've got to continually remember, here's who Jesus is. I mean, he's the king of this world. He's the one that's ruling everything. He's the one that's made it. He actually has a purpose in this world. Or if the values and the things that are shaping us out here are um, things like just do whatever you want to do and follow your heart. And Jesus says, no, I want you to follow my heart. I want you to walk with me. I want you to learn from me. And well, how can we do that? Well, we have to have Jesus front and center in our mind. We have to be kept in his name and go, he's a better leader. He's good. He's a savior. He knows what's good for life. I've got to have that front and center in my mind. Otherwise, I start to go, man, this is too hard to be here. I need to go over here. Or I go, man, I'm just going to forget him. Can't beat him, join him. See, what it means to be kept in his name is that who he is is the most shaping thing for you. How can you be in the middle of a world with competing joys and different visions of who God is? How can you be in the middle of that world? Jesus says you've got to be guarded in his name. You've got to see who he is over and over again. His words have to be in you so that who he is is shaping you because it's impossible to be in this and not be affected if we're not guarded and kept. So what is Jesus' plan for us to experience joy and to see who he is and for him to receive glory? It's, he says, first is this, I want you to be kept in my name. I want you to be guarded in my name. I want who I am to be very real to you. That's what he prayed. Is this where you are? Are you kept in his name? Are his words continually in you? so that you are still in and you don't have to withdraw, but you're not becoming of. This is what Jesus prays. And, and you, know what I, you know what I love about this too? What Jesus says is, you know what I want for you? I want you to be connected to me. Jesus doesn't say, here's how you do it. You be a good person because those are bad people. That's not what he says. That's not what separates people is the good people and the bad people. Jesus says, you know what I want? I want eternal life. And a lot of times when we think about eternal life, it's, it's heaven, it's, ever, it's this life that goes on forever, but that's not what Jesus says. Jesus says, you know what eternal life is? It's not a place you go to, it's a person you're connected to. He says, this is eternal life, that they know you and they know me. So Jesus breaks the categories down differently than we often do. He says, it's not about good people and bad people. He says, what I want for people is for them to be connected to me. I want them to be united to me. I want them to know me. That's what I want for people. I want them to actually know me. Second thing is this. First part of Jesus' plan, the first part of his end game to have joy and glory is be connected to me. The second part, though, is not just to be connected to him, but to be connected to each other. See, Jesus says that he, he prays that we would be one with him. He prays we'd be guarded in his name. But then he also prays that we would be one with each other. Because you can't actually be kept and guarded in Jesus' name and have your identity shaped by yourself. You can't do it by yourself. And Jesus knows that. Jesus prays his prayer he says, what I, want, my, what I want is joy and what I want is glory. 
I want to be seen rightly and I want people to be full of joy. And so I want them to be connected to me, but I also want them to be one, to be connected with each other in a deep, he prays it in a way that he says, Father, you and me, we're one. And I want them to have the same kind of oneness that we have. Because we can't be in the middle of a world with competing joys and competing glories by ourselves. And Jesus says, I want them to be kept in my name. I want them to be connected to me, but I want them to be connected to each other in a community of love. A community that is distinctively loving. A community that, no matter what's going on here, that there's a community that, because it's connected to Jesus, has a love for each other. There's a sense of belonging and a sense of family. And Jesus says, that's what I want for you. You know what I'm praying? Because I want your joy, because I I want you to see who I am. You know what I'm praying? I'm not just praying that you and me have this individual personal relationship. I'm praying that you would be connected to a community of love. That's what I'm praying. You know, you know what you need in the middle of a world, according to Jesus, that, that will hate you, that will be different from you? You know what you need? You need a family of love. You need to be connected to other people. That's what Jesus prays for them. And that's always a partial thing here, right? Because you go, well, sometimes it's safer over here, and sometimes people in here hurt me, and sometimes people in here there's conflict, and sometimes people in here there's tension. And yeah, it'll always be partial now. It'll always be partial. We'll never fully experience this oneness and unity and perfect love and perfect family. We'll never fully experience that here because we are messed up people. But one of the things that that this does is it allows for grace when we do do that, when we do mess up, when we do sin against each other, when we do hurt one another because we're not... The thing that defines us is that we're all connected to Jesus, and that's who he is. That's what he's like. But what Jesus says is, I want you not to just be connected to me, but to be connected to each other in a deep, one, meaningful way. And that's why we do community groups, because we believe that Sundays, you, you can't have that on a Sunday. You can get some little snippets of that. That's why we do community groups. It's why we do membership because we believe, man, to be connected to each other in a deep and meaningful way. That's part of how we get what Jesus has prayed for for us. That's part of how we get the end game that he has for the world is to experience this. But what's important also to notice is this. Jesus starts with be connected to my name and then because you're connected to me, because you're one with me, you're one with each other. You know what that's saying? The thing that creates the community, the thing that creates it and the thing that sustains it isn't just community itself. It's the connection to him. The thing that allows for this to be a community of love and a community of grace and a community of belonging, the thing that allows for that to happen is that we are connected to him first. And that is where it's all flowing from. See, here's the problem. Sometimes we just want community. We just go, man, I just want community. And that's okay. Like if you don't know Jesus and you're just checking things out, that's great. I mean, that's a great thing to want. It's something that Jesus wants for us. But the very thing that creates it is being connected to Jesus. Because from him is where we receive what we can give. 
We receive love from him so we can give love to others. We receive patience from him so we can be patient with each other. We receive grace from him so we can be gracious to one another. We receive forgiveness from him and then we can be forgiving to one another. It's Jesus, it's our connection to him that allows us to be connected to one another. We always give out what we get. Whatever we receive from God, if I go, man, God has been so patient with me that I know I'm going to grow in my patience towards others. But if I'm not really sure how God feels about me, if I'm not really, if I think God is kind of always looking at everything I'm doing and going, check, 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 are you doing that? Then I'm going to start to have that spirit towards others. We always give out what we get. And so Jesus even says, He wants us to be connected to him. He wants us to be connected to each other. But the thing that allows that, that sustains that, that keeps that going is first that we are kept in him, connected to him. Which means also that all of our relational problems are first Jesus problems. Any problems we have out here, any problems I have with another person is first actually a problem between me and him. But it doesn't stop there. Jesus' plan for us to receive joy and us and him to be glorified, for us to really see him for who he is, his plan doesn't stop here. You know, Jesus didn't just get his 11 disciples together and say, you know what, guys? I want you to be connected to me. I want you to know me. And I want you to be connected to one another. I want us to have this great, awesome family and this great, awesome community. And let's just do this till we die. Isn't this awesome? It's not what Jesus said, right? What Jesus said was, I bring you to me and I bring you to each other so that there's a reason. He says, I I connect you to me and I connect you to each other so that the world would know who I am. So that the world would know that you sent me. You see, sometimes, again, what we want is community. But a commitment to community for the sake of community is just idolatry. If community becomes the most important thing, then it's not what the most important thing is to Jesus. Because what Jesus says is this, I want you to be connected to me. I want you to be connected to each other. So that. So that the world would know who I am so the world would know that the Father sent me. You know what this means? This is the third piece. What is Jesus' plan for us? First, it's to connect us to him. Jesus' plan for us to have joy and for him to have glory is to connect us to him. Second, it's to connect us to each other, but then it's this. It's to connect us back to the world. It's to send us out into the world. Jesus says, as the Father sent me, so I now send you. That he, he, this arrow's kind of messed up. Jesus, Jesus says, look, I, this is not a community that is supposed to just be this closed, tight-knit, awesome, we love each other, we care for each other, we belong to each other, we help each other. Isn't this great? Jesus says, no, that's horrible. I've created this so that the world would know who I am so that they would have joy and glory. Because if, if it wouldn't have happened, none of us would be here. It would have been 11 disciples that went, this is great. Man, this is so awesome. 
and none of us would be here. But Jesus says, you know what I'm doing? I'm connecting you to me, and I'm connecting you to each other, and then I'm sending you. Jesus' plan for us to have joy, to experience joy, is to know him, to know each other, and to be sent. Every single person that's a Christian is somebody that is sent into the world so that other people can know his end game of joy and glory. He has a purpose for us. He loves people. Look, if you're somebody that's over here, you got to know this, that the whole reason that Jesus connects people to him and connects them to each other is because he wants you to experience joy and for you to really see who he is. This is what Jesus is about. This is what Jesus prayed for. Jesus prayed this. Jesus prayed this. And you know what? He prayed it for his disciples. But what's also cool is Jesus prayed this for us. I think it's amazing. Jesus prayed for this church. Because what Jesus says is this. He says, I'm not just praying for these, but I'm praying for everyone that will believe in me through their word. I'm not just praying for my 11 disciples right here, right now. I'm praying for everyone and anyone across the world and across time that will believe in me because of what these 11 go out and do. So you know what? Jesus prayed for this, for his disciples, and he prayed it for our church because he wants our joy and he wants us to see him for who he is and all his beauty and all his truth and all his power and all his love and all his grace. And so he wants us to be connected to him and he wants us to be connected to each other and he wants us to be connected to those that don't know him yet because he loves them. So Jesus prayed this. Jesus was passionate about this. This is what his plan was. Look, this is why we started this church even to begin with. This is what Jesus' plan is. This is what he's about. He's about creating communities of people that can really know him can really be connected to him, can really be connected to each other, but then don't go, let's shut the doors, but that say, there's a so that. The whole reason that Jesus did this, even in our church, is so that the world would know who he is, so that this person would have joy and this person would know him. That's what we've been able to see happen here in the couple years that we've been going, and that's what we continue to pray for, just as Jesus prayed for. And that's what Jesus his heart is. That's what Jesus' plan is. Now, let me say something important about this. It's important also to see that each of these, each of these are, are building blocks. Each of these lead to the other. And what I mean by that is they're not ends in themselves. These are the three different things I drew, if you can't see, okay? I did it a little more sloppy on the end. These people walk really crooked, okay? So, it's all right. These are not ends in themselves. They're building blocks. So Jesus starts with, Lord, let them be connected to me. That way they'd be connected to each other. That way the world would know. But they're building blocks, which means if we just go, man, I love it, just me and Jesus, this is great. Jesus goes, no, it's, a build, it's supposed to lead to something else. It's not, if, sometimes we even use the language of my personal relationship with Jesus, which is fine, 
But Jesus gives you a personal relationship with him so that you'd be connected to others, so that they're building blocks. They're not ends in themselves. But what it also means that they're building blocks is this. It means that one propels you into the other. That to be connected to Jesus leads you to be connected to his family. And to be connected to his family leads you to then want others to be a part of that family. They're not ends in themselves. They're not ends in themselves, but they're also building blocks in the sense that you can't just jump in here without having experienced this. You can in a sense, but not in the fullest sense. If you go, man, I just want community. I want people that love me. I want people that care about me. I want, I want people that know me. I want depth of relationships, but you're not really focused at all over here. You won't really be able to get this. Or if you go, man, I really want to help other people know Jesus, but you're not actually a part of a community. It'll be a lot harder. Or you go, man, I really want people to experience joy and to know who Jesus is, but you're not actually connected to him. It'll be really hard to do that. So they're building blocks in the sense that they're not supposed to end at its own thing, but also in the sense that you can't just jump in at any point. They build on each other, which is a helpful assessment then. It's a helpful assessment to go, man, if if, if something's not really working over here, why? Maybe it's because something's not working here, or maybe because something's not working here. Or if something's broken and, not, and there's relational conflict and tension, I guarantee you there's something broken here. That they're building blocks that lead to each other. And you can't just jump in at any point. They all lead to the other. So let me ask you this. Where are you when we look at this beautiful diagram this wonderful piece of art. Where are you? See my glory? Where are you? I'm joking if you're new. Um, <laughs> I'm not joking if you're not new. No. <laughs> okay, so I'm joking, period. Okay, so wh- where are you in this? Do you say, man, this is me. I've actually, I've said I can't do it. I'm out. It's too hard to be around conflicting values and a conflicting system. And I, I just, I need to get away. I need to be around people like me that think like me, that need to be in safe places. I need to be, I need to only surround myself with that stuff. Is that, is that you? Jump in. Is this you? You go, you know what? I don't know what I believe. I'm not, I'm not sure what I know about God. I'm not, maybe, maybe I haven't seen his glory. And even in my life, I've, I'm running after this joy and I'm running after this joy and I'm running after this joy and they seem to fail me. Is, is this you? What you need to know is Jesus loves you. And the whole reason this church exists is because he says, I want you to know joy and I want you to know me and see me. I just want you to know that. Or, or maybe you're, you're, you're this person, and you go, yeah, I'm connected to Jesus in some way. You know, I've got this relationship with Jesus, but Jesus would call you to say, jump in. I give you this so you can have this, so you can have a depth of relationship with family, so you can be meaningfully connected to other people. That's how God's designed us, to be able to be here, to be able to experience his love. Or, or maybe, maybe you say, yeah, I'm connected to him, and I'm connected to other people, but I don't know about this. And and my encouragement to you would be, man, jump in. Jesus says, you know what my plan is for joy and for glory? It's to be connected to me. It's to be connected to each other. It's to be connected to the purposes I have for the world. So that's my encouragement. Wherever you are, I I don't know what part you're at. 
But I would say jump in wherever you are. And second, I would say this, pray. Jesus didn't just say, here's my instructions, everybody, go do this. Jesus, look, if Jesus has to pray for something, doesn't that mean we have to pray for it? I mean, to me, I'll be like, man, Jesus has to pray for that? Man, that must mean that there's some difficulty there. That must mean that, it must mean that it must mean that to be sent to the world, to become meaningfully connected to other people, to, to not withdraw, to not just become a... It must mean that, I mean, if Jesus is praying for that, man, that must be pretty serious. I think it is. And so my encouragement to us as a church would be, pray for this. Pray for meaningful community. Pray that we would be sent into the world. Pray it for yourself. Pray it for our church. Pray it for your community group. This is what Jesus' plan is for us to experience joy and for him to be glorified, for us to see him clearly. This is why Jesus came. This is why Jesus prayed. This is why Jesus died, was to create this. This is what he's all about. When we take communion, that's what we remember. That Jesus came to this world and had his body broken and his blood shed so that we could be forgiven, so that we would be adopted into his family, so that we could be connected to him, so everything that separates us from him would be gone, so that we could be united to him and united to each other, and that others would know that. That's the whole reason he came and prayed and died. And it's happened. I mean, we're 2,000 years later, and he's still doing this, and his prayers are being answered. So as we take communion, remember this. Jesus died to create the community that you even have and experience. Jesus died to give you the relationship you have with him. Jesus died to give us a purpose and a mission in our life because he wants joy for us and he wants to be clearly seen for who he is. That's his glory. His glory was mostly seen on the cross as he said, here's who I really am, a God of grace, a God of forgiveness, a God that will do anything to bring my children into my family. That's an amazing thing. So as we take communion, let's remember that, and then we will sing songs because we have a good king. And pray. Even as we take communion, pray. Jesus, where do I need to jump in? And you know what we also do? We give of tithes and offerings. And we, we do, if, you, if you're new and, you know, if you're, if, you, if you're not a Christian or don't know what you believe, don't give anything. We want you to receive. But we give because Jesus has given everything to us and we want to be a community that is about this in this city. Not just once for a quick sermon, but for the long haul to actually be able to build and create the kind of community that Jesus has designed us for. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are good to us. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you sent Jesus to us Thank you that you allow us to be connected to you and that you allow us to be connected to each other. I thank you for that. I pray, God, that you would help us, help us to jump in wherever we are, at whatever point, at whatever point we're at. Help us to jump in. Lord, you prayed this prayer for our church. You prayed that we would have life with you, that we would have life with each other, that we would have life as a part of your purposes. You prayed this for us, and I pray it for us now too. Lord, allow these things to take place. In your name, Jesus, amen.